The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the most nutritious hour of business talk all week. This is Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Your host and moderator is Bonnie D. Graham. You'll hear from the innovators who have learned to use game-changing technologies to shake up the status quo and help move today's businesses in new directions. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 and Happy New Year. Welcome to 2015. The buzz today, your business wish list for 2015. Let me get started. Yep, the holidays are over, but whatever gifts you receive, I'm willing to bet there's a good chance you still wish somebody had given you a crystal ball so you could look ahead into 2015 and see what it might bring for your company, your industry, the world, your career, everything. Well, we've got the next best thing. Today is the conclusion of our three-part 2015 prediction special here on Coffee Break with Game Changers presented by SAP. And I'm bringing you another baker's dozen of thought leaders who are going to share their insights. They know what they're talking about. They're going to talk about technologies, strategies, and trends that can help you grow and compete better this year and beyond. And th- at the end of the show today, we will have brought you about 40 visionaries a lot of predictions, a lot of insights. I hope you're taking notes because this is all good stuff. So sit back, pour a cup of Joe, Earl, and if you have any dumb left from your holiday celebrations, who cares if it's flat? It's still good. Join us for the next hour for 2015 Predictions Part 3. And let me get started. I have three guests waiting in the wings. They are going to talk about whatever their heart desires. It's open season here. We like to call this type of a show Predictions on Steroids. So let's get started. First up, I'm going to welcome Robin Carey at Social Media Today. Hi, Robin. Hello, Bonnie. Happy New Year Thank to you. Happy New Year. Let me bring on your other two co-panelists, Mick Collins at SAP. How are you, Mick? Very well. Thank you. Good morning. Thanks for joining me. And Nancy Casey, also at SAP. How are you, Nancy? Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Okay, Robin Carey, you're up first. I'm going to give you two and a half minutes on the clock. Wherever you want your predictions to take you, we're listening and eager. Go ahead, Robin Carey. Sure, happy to do uh, first honors here. Um, it's going to be a great year for social, even though so many people in 2014, from my good friend Brian Solis to others, had sort of said, oh, social is dead. It's really not dead at all. It's baked into everything now. And I think what you're going to see is increasingly the word collaboration and social used together, whether that's with new business models like the collaborative economy or product development and innovation, where the networks that people have developed will instantly trans, uh, transform themselves into a product base or a, a specifically objective, um, directed kind of activity. And by that, I mean online communities being formed on the fly where uh, everyone gets together to discuss some new product or some new innovation or climate change or security. 
And increasingly, I think we'll begin to see new forms of online community, particularly ones that are not on LinkedIn, not on Facebook, because those are limiting. And they're particularly limiting on Facebook now with its anticipated greater emphasis on its own paid-for content. So it's going to, you know, as, as Facebook begins to de-emphasize organic social search, you're going to see a lot of needs for community being expressed as, elsewhere, particularly in business to business. Um, I think you're going to see separately from the, 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 the trend I just described, you're going to see um, a lot more emphasis on security. And obviously the Sony hack is one of the biggest stories of 2014. And a lot of my friends in the business have been talking for a while now about the importance of security, data protection. I just spent three weeks at the end of the year in Europe where this is critically important and has been for a very long time. And so I think you're going to see that security is going to be an important consideration for any brand, not just Facebook and, and Twitter and the brands that are creating networks, but all brands will have to have security as part of their concerns in, in new and much more aggressive ways. And I think consumers are going to look to security as they used to look to product quality or um, quality manufacturing processes as a way of reassuring them that their uh, purchases are what they need to be and, and that their data is protected. Um, shall I keep on going, Bonnie? I've got one more prediction. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear your, yeah, I love this. Go ahead. I'm taking notes, Robin. Go ahead. One okay, more. Okay, so Bye. social is going to be baked into everything and going to be closely linked with collaboration. I think security is the new quality. And then I think you're going to see even more discussion, which, which really started rolling forward in 2014, even more discussion around the future of work. Um, SAP is doing some great thought leadership around this. IBM is as well. And, you know, I, 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 I love those book titles or those blog posts that say, um, you know, hierarchy is over, hierarchy is dated. I happen to believe in hierarchy because I'm a CEO of a team. <laughs> and I wouldn't mm-hmm. be where, you know, I wouldn't be able to get a lot done if we didn't have some notions of at least accountability and responsibility. But I think what you are going to see, and I think what these blog posts and, and book titles imply, it's not the end of hierarchy, but a much more flexible view of hierarchy. Um, I think, you know, many of my ideas about where culture and technology and people in general are heading, I get from looking at my kids. Um, they're no, no longer kids, actually. They're two guys who are mm-hmm. uh, 22 and 24. But I used to watch them with their friends when they would play video games. And they're kind of classic millennials, you know, they're guys, they're coming into the workforce right now. And when I watched them as kids when they were playing video games, I noticed how flexible they were about who is in charge. You know, at any given moment, it was the game that sort of dictated who would be the aggressor, or who would go forward, or who would initiate activity. And they were very comfortable with switching those roles back and forth. And I think that Millennials coming into the workforce will be much more comfortable than my generation, the baby boomers were, about Mm -hmm. abandoning established hierarchies and responding to the game as it's playing. And that's what I think you're going to see. I think you're you're not going to see the end of responsibility or accountability, but you're just going to see a more flexible view of hierarchy, which will be abetted by technology. 
Robin, wonderful. You certainly covered a lot of bases. I love the idea that social will be baked into everything and closely linked to collaboration. I'm especially curious about, we don't have time to chat about it, but you said that there will be new online communities emerging on the fly. I like that. Something to look forward to. Yeah, let's put off the shackles of all the familiar communities and let's go and, and invent some new ways to collaborate. Robin Carey, hang tight. We're going to bring on our second panelist, Mick Collins at SAP. Give you two and a half minutes. Let's hear your predictions. Mick, go. Great, thank you. And I think like social workforce analytics is one of the hottest topics in HR right now. So I'm going to speak to my predictions around the future of analytics. And my first one is that spending on workforce analytics, either standalone or bundled with other HR systems, will double in 2015. Uh, if we start with some data, we found that the market for workforce analytics uh, software is really only a very small percentage of that spent on other talent management software applications. And I do see this growing significantly for a couple of different reasons. Uh, the first is that research has shown from uh, Burson by Deloitte that the number one criteria in selecting an HIS system is improved analytics. Now, I can imagine that almost every HR organization today is looking for better analytics in HIS or recruiting or learning or performance. And so workforce analytics is becoming more mainstream, especially when organizations are selecting software. And the second reason for me why this market will grow significantly in 2015 is that it is the least mature market amongst talent management solutions. If you contrast that with recruiting and performance, which are very mature processes, very standardized processes, workforce analytics is rather immature. In fact, most organizations today are using a non-purpose-built application like Excel to manage their workforce analytics. Mm. And frankly, that's just not a secure or scalable way of delivering data to a global organization. And so for those reasons, I see the spend on workforce analytics software significantly increasing in the next one to two years. The second prediction is that workforce analytics will stop being decoupled from other business intelligence activities and instead will become part of a unified framework. So when we talk about frameworks, we think about three components. The data we have on our people gives us better visibility into what's happening to the workforce. It gives us better transparency into why those trends are occurring, what some of the root causes might be. And it also gives us better accountability. Using data, we can hold people accountable for improving their talent management results. And so I think overall we'll see more workforce analytics activities coupled with business intelligence to make sure that we're aligning our people data and our people processes with ways in which we manage other assets around, amongst the, the rest of the organization. And then the third prediction is that we'll see organizations moving away from the standard metrics they've used in the past into more what I would call packaged analytics that really engage our business leaders. An example of the, the number one metric tracked in HR is turnover. It's important. It's informative, but it's not particularly new, and it's not particularly attention-grabbing. If we want our leaders to get excited by workforce analytics, let's package data into different themes that resonate with them, that uh, resonate with current trends or buzzwords. And there's a couple of examples we're thinking about here. Um, one is sustainability. So from a talent perspective, what is sustainability? Well, it's really about replenishing our talent pipelines. It's about managing health and safety developing new skills, building innovation, all of that could be packaged into analysis on how our workforce is becoming more sustainable. 
And the second example would be agility. So, for example, how do we build a future workforce with the ability to adapt to new situations or work globally? Now, we could combine data from a number of different sources, whether it's personal characteristics such as experience or potential or people with a diverse background. We could look at employment data. So, for example, speed to productivity or the frequency of movement. But again, we're taking different data points and packaging them into more interesting analytics. And I'll, I'll finish with this, really, which is name a CEO that isn't concerned about his or her firm's sustainability or agility. If we use those terms and we provide workforce data to support them, it's a much more surefire way for us to engage our leaders. So those are the, the three predictions for workforce analytics in 2015. Thank you. Very exciting, Mick. Glad to hear from you. And Nancy Casey, I've saved two and a half minutes for you. We are ready, Nancy Casey. Let's predict. Okay, great. Thanks. So I would say the top two predictions I have, number one, is really in thinking about the consumer industries and technology where they converge. The first one would really be about uh, wearables and the trend towards um, wearables and smart technology. So now you see things like the Fitbit, you see things like, you know, wearable watches and some devices at home, like the alarm, uh, smoke alarm detector. I think you're going to see in 2015 uh, a, a big trend to, um, uh, you know, adoption of these type of devices, whether it's watches, wristbands, um, even shirts, you know, the, the idea that technology and fashion can come together and you can be wearing shirts that can measure your temperature, measure your body temperature, that can help you. Um, stay regulated. And so it's these type of intelligent devices, you know, devices in the home as well, uh, whether they're, you know, within your kitchen, within your home, even many robots, <clears throat> this type of, you know, smarter technology, which enables you to uh, really uh, improve your life. So the, the point of it is really trying to help you um, uh, with, with uh, your kind of your, your health care, your lifestyle, whether it's warming you up, it's helping, helping you track, you know, your health, um, measuring your body temperature, measure, measuring, you know, how you're doing with your physical health. So I can see that that's going to be much more of um, it's going to get mainstream adoption, I'd say, in 2015. And the second thing I would say is really about uh, this concept of analytics. And there's a lot of talk about big data and analytics and, and getting, you know, further insights to the business. But I think we're going to just see even more and more mainstream adoption of um, being able to look into, you know, how consumers are spending but not after the fact, but really in real time, tracking mobile devices, um, where consumers are, literally where they're shopping, um, not in a, you know, in a um, disruptive way, but for people who opt in, but being able to track, you know, where consumers are, where they're shopping, abandoned shopping carts, looking at their preferences, um, predicting people's lifestyles. And I think you'll see that not only in retail, but you'll see that in other industries. You'll see more and more industries like healthcare public sector, manufacturing, where they're all going to get smarter, um, hiring more and more analysts, kind of chief data scientists, if you will, uh, getting you know better understanding about who their end consumers are um, and really trying to, uh, all with the purpose of really trying to improve um, their lifestyle as well as, uh, you know, their shopping experience. Wow. A lot to lot to consume there, Nancy. I was just hearing on the news, uh, some very, very high-end watchmaker, I can't remember whether it's Patek or somebody else, for, with their $50,000 watch will give you a 
free $300 value of some kind of a special wristband that will go with it if you get the $50,000 watch. <laughs> but I digress. That's, that's just not going to happen here on SAP Radio. I want to thank our three openers today, you three brave people. It's wonderful to hear from you again. Robin Carey at Social Media Today, Mick Collins at SAP, Nancy Casey at SAP. Wishing the three of you a wonderfully happy, productive, healthy, and prosperous New Year. And uh, I look forward to speaking with all three of you again in the in the coming year uh, here on Coffee Break with Game Changers Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, in case you haven't guessed it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I have more guests waiting in the wings, visionaries with their wonderful predictions. So we're going to take our first break, and Brad, here it comes. First time in the new year. Brad out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com And you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are. Welcome back. This is part three of our marathon special called 2015 Predictions. And I'm back with three more guests. They're visionaries. They're very smart people who were our guests on one or more of our radio shows in 2014. We're welcoming today, and just a quick hello from each of you, Jeremy Cox at Ovum. Welcome, Jeremy. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you and all the listeners. Thank you. Glad to have you back. Monique Hessling at SMA Strategy Meets Action. Happy New Year, Monique. How are you? Good morning, Bonnie. Happy New Year to you, too. Thank you very much. And Matt Healy at TBR. Seems like we just spoke very recently. Welcome back, Matt. Happy New Year. Happy New Year as well, and it's great to be back. Thank you so much. So let's get started. I'll give you each just about two and a half minutes on the clock. Take your predictions anywhere you want them to go. Jeremy Cox at Ovum, you're up first. Be brave. Go ahead, Jeremy. Please start. Thanks a lot, Bonnie. Um, well, uh, my main prediction for 2015 is, is uh, a renaissance in business leadership. Uh, and what I mean by that is... Uh, if you think about the, the context of uh, market volatility and uh, you know, rising customer expectations and certainly a, a massive shift in power to the customer that we've seen over the last year or two, um, coupled perhaps with things like the oil price drop, um, the customer or business leaders are having to seriously put the, the customer at the heart of their businesses and, and uh, really sort of take precedence over 
perhaps sort of short-term goals like uh, trying to uh, chase sort of shareholder value, which uh, Jack Welch always said was a bit of a daft idea anyway. Um, so I think a majority of organizations are really sort of struggling to differentiate. And so there's a lot of focus on trying to engage with customers in ways that uh, provide a far more rewarding experience. Um, so I think uh, perhaps the, the first trend I see is um, you know, the customer really taking the number one spot in the thinking of uh, of um, more and more leaders. So I think that's an encouraging sign for, for, for 2015. But um, what I think will, how, how that will manifest itself um, is, is, is likely to be quite complex. And I think in the past where um, leaders have sort of devolved uh, authority down to different departments to get on and do their own thing, I think we're now recognizing that they're having to take a far more holistic view of the enterprise as a, almost like a, um, uh, an organic system to create and deliver value for customers. So I think we'll, we'll see more transformational thinking, more holistic thinking, more thinking about the entire enterprise and also the entire value chain and trying to get it connected and working and operating in ways that uh, are beneficial to customers. So I think that's a great thing. And I think another thing that comes in, in tandem with that is uh, the, the, the employee. I, I, I was listening in on, on one of the, the, the earlier conversations, and I have mm -hmm. to say I think that uh, there's greater power to the employee. And although hierarchy may not be dead, certainly I think command and control thinking uh, has to be dead, simply because it takes too long to make decisions. So I think we'll see far more uh, authority devolved down to the front line um, so that people can make the right kind of decisions on behalf of customers um, at, the, at the point of need. Um, so decision-making is getting closer to the customer and employees are becoming more, more empowered. Um, what else? Um, I think whilst there's a huge focus on, on customer experience and, and you hear terms like omnichannel that uh, certainly sort of cropped up a lot in 2014, um, let's not forget that uh, ultimately, uh, certainly commercial companies have to have to sell stuff, and it has to be stuff that people want to buy. So I think it's going to, you're going to see, um, as part of this sort of business leadership renaissance, um, a greater focus on innovation and and the need to innovate new value and create new value uh, that that creates that differentiation for for customers. So I think those are the this business leadership uh, renaissance is, is very much about putting the customer first and also creating new value and, and encouraging innovation across the enterprise. So they, they, those, I think, are the, are the biggest trends you know, for 20, 2015. Thank you very much, Jeremy. Very well put. Appreciate it. And let's move quickly to Monique Kessling at Strategy Meets Action SMA. Monique, I'm ready for you. Two and a half minutes. Let's hear what you have to say, what you see in 2015. Sure. Thank you, Bonnie. I want to um, discuss a little bit further what Jeremy just said about the customer experience. And I will specifically focus my comments around the insurance industry. I have seen in 2014 carriers and brokers move towards a more, more all-encompassing customer experience. The term omnichannel came up earlier. And what it really means is that companies want to communicate with their customers 
when the customers want to, where the customers want to, and over whatever device or communication vehicle the customers want to. And I see that trend continuing, and I see it continuing in a more formalized way. I see companies developing more formal omnichannel or digital strategies, and beyond talking about it, a lot of that talking was going on in 2014, I start seeing companies actually implementing um, these kind of strategies and seeing customers actually utilizing those tools and opportunities that they're very accustomed to in a more consumer-oriented environment than the insurance industry normally functions in. So that's the first trend I noticed. The second one is, Nancy mentioned this earlier in the last segment, I -hmm. see the Internet of Things truly getting traction in our world. Um, Sensors on our bodies, in our homes, in our clothes will provide all of us with an enormous amount of information. Telematics will more and more influence how we utilize and how safely we utilize transportation and cars. And those things will create an enormous amount of insights that will allow companies to provide all of us with personalized um, services and products, you know, truly intended for us and based on our individual needs. And it will, you know, create mass amounts of data and it will allow very specific marketing opportunities for companies. And I think we will see the companies that are on the forefront of this movement capitalizing on this starting in 2015. I think we'll start seeing that. What that will do, and that leads to my third prediction, is it will speed up the need for pragmatic utilizations, use of big data. We have been talking about big data a lot. It's a very trendy topic. Um, A lot of people, including myself, don't always know what it means. It's a very um, big term. Um, But what I do see is based on the Internet of Things, based on sensors, and based on the increasing need for real-time customer experience, companies will more and more utilize in their processes and in their analytics, structured and unstructured data around their customers and their products and services. That's, That's the third big trend I see for 2015. Thank you, Monique. Wonderful. And let's turn to Matt Healy at TBR. Matt, I know you're chomping at the bit. Let's hear what you see for 2015. Two and a half minutes on the clock. Matt Healy, it's all yours. Excellent. Thank you, Bonnie. Um, I, I want to start because where I think that this is going, it w- my big prediction is very similar to a lot of what you've already heard, but with a slightly different spin. I think that the employee and employee productivity is going to be vaulted much more to the top of the corporate agenda going forward, and that's going to have some really uh, interesting effects for technology. The reason I say that is I think that the the uh, global macroeconomic situation led by the United States is quite good right now. We saw a BLS number come out in November at 5.8% unemployment. The ADP number that came out today was really good, 241 versus expected 226,000 jobs created. So we're really beginning to see um, employment pick up and return in the United States um, after the uh, you know 2007-2008 financial crisis. Financial crises take a long time to recover, but I think we're through it, and we're going to start seeing increased wage pressure. All of these jobs are driving to wage pressure. Two, three years ago, if I needed more productivity, I could effectively throw bodies at the problem because I could cut salary requirements, put an ad out, and I would get 10, 12 qualified responses. Can't do that anymore. The the focus is going to shift from 
can I just hire somebody to do something to can I in can I uh, deploy something or integrate some tools that will drive my employee productivity? I know that's always been the case, but when, when cheap labor exists, employee productivity is a little less important. And I think the era of cheap end, uh, labor in the United States or cheaper labor in the United States is really coming to an end. So where I think that where I think that's going is companies are sitting on a lot of cash on their balance sheets right now. They have a lot of cornerstone investments that they've made in large horizontal systems. I know we like to think that they're all integrated. I've done a whole series of customer interviews over the last three months, and what everyone is saying is we've got to get these systems to work better together, to get analytics capabilities, to make people more productive, to drive in that area. So. I think you're going to see a real focus on the integration of IT systems to make existing employees far more productive and be able to do more things with analytics. I loved what Mick said before about looking at HR analytics. Well, if cheap labor is over, I have to understand what's driving turnover. How do I keep people? And so I think that that's the direction that this that we're seeing in 2015 is going to be a real return to a much higher focus on what can IT and systems do to make all of my employees far more productive because I can't just get more when I need them anymore the way I could in, you know, 2008, 2009, 2010. So that's really my macro prediction for, um, for the coming year. That's wonderful. Matt and Monique and Jeremy, I want to thank the three of you, but I have a special, special thank you. I appreciate that you were listening to our first set of visionary presenters, Mick Collins, Nancy Casey, and Robin Carey, and referencing back and forth to what they added to our prediction special. So very appreciative that we're, we're really having an interactive conversation, even though you're all on separate threads today. Jeremy, Happy New Year. Monique, Happy New Year. Matt Healy, Happy New Year. All the best to the three of you. Let's keep in touch, and we got to get you all back on coffee break during 2015 we're going to go to break i know we have some very more special visionaries waiting in the wings to come online and give us their predictions in segment three i'm bonnie d graham we'll be right back with 2015 prediction special part three wrapping up and we're bringing you a total of 40 predictions this year 40 predictors we'll be right back brad out The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase, an SAP company, offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at twitter hashtag s-a-p-r-a-d-i-o now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Welcome back. We're on our 2015's Predictions Part 3, and I've got four people in this segment, so we're going to keep it short and sweet. I'm going to just do a quick hello to each of you, say hi, and then we'll get started. Shakar, Larry, in Israel, how are you? 
I'm very good. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Shalom. Greta Roberts, I think you're in Cambridge, Massachusetts, cold like New York. How are you, Greta? Cold like New York. Nice to there be here. Go. Thanks. We're doing well. <laughs> Thank you. Andrea France, SAP. Hello, Andrea. Quickly, where are you calling from? Hi, Bonnie. I'm calling from cold, cold, cold Chicago. There you go. Cold, cold New York says hello. And Benjamin Robbins at Palador. Where are you calling from, Benjamin? I'm call- calling from wet and warm Seattle. Oh, lucky you. Well, we'll, yeah. we'll take the warm part any day. We're going to go to about minus 10 real feel here on Long Island tonight. So woo! So let's wow. warm up the airwaves. I'm going to give you each two minutes because this is a packed segment. So two minutes for predictions anywhere you want to take it at all is fine with me. Shakar Larry from Demaya in Israel. Shakar, two minutes. Let's hear from you. Go ahead. Thank you, Bonnie. I have to say first that uh, normally uh, you would think of Israel as sunny and warm, and I, I think it's snowing now in Jerusalem, so uh, mm. we're actually experiencing a storm. So uh, I'll start by hedging and predicting that predictions are going to be tougher and tougher to make. And uh, for over a decade now, people have been talking about accelerating rate of change, and, and people have been right. And with this acceleration prediction, as Niels Bo once said, it's very difficult, especially about the, p- the future. So maybe after hedging, I'll take a stab at it anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> I think I have a few predictions. One, uh, 3D printing, uh, I think, has just scratched the surface. In 2015, we will see it uh, more and more, I expect, over the next three to five years. It's going to be a major contributor to large-scale bottom-up innovation in companies, in schools, in universities, and even in garages. So we're going to go back to, to um, innovation coming from people. Um, I think... Uh, I think we're still underestimating the magnitude of 3D printing and the freedom that this technology will bring about to, to the human race, and, and I think uh, we will see a lot more of that. Um, on a completely different stroke, I think uh, aging is going to be another driver of innovation. Uh, every now and then we eradicate a disease, and much of the time we're, but most of the time we're able to, to actually turn deadly diseases into chronic conditions. Uh, HIV is a good example, but there are many other uh, examples and, uh, and what is happening is the healthcare industry is becoming financially unstable. Uh, healthcare uh, is having a lot of difficulties paying uh, for these chronic conditions. Um, so um, I don't know if I should give a stock market uh, um, recommendation, but I think we'll see a lot of consolidation in pharma, and I think we're going to see a lot of new collaborations in pharma, and, and, um, and we might even see on a longer scale more radical and uh, drastic changes in this, uh, in this arena. In the same field, uh, there is an interesting emerging trend that we should keep our eyes on, and this is uh, the patient as a sensor, <clears throat> and in general the user as a sensor. Um, there is even today more access to clinical data of millions of users and patients using drugs over extended periods of time. It's way after uh, these drugs have been approved. People are using them, and, and we know more about these drugs because of these uh, new streams of data. I think that will also drive innovation in patient care and pharma. We can talk about the Internet of Things, and I know it's been mentioned before, and machine-to-machine communication, and I think both of these will continue and grow and change our reality, but for the love of God, I cannot even try and predict what will happen there, so I'm not not (laughs) going to try. I think uh, the last thing is, uh, I think open innovation will continue to develop, and more and more companies will relax their grips uh, their grip on, on IP, intellectual property, and accept skills and talent from outside, opting to more modest and agile approach to innovation. I think that's a good thing. And I think actually it maybe ties everything that I've said together because 3D, 3D printing is going to open up uh, with open innovation. Um, changes to traditional financial models in healthcare, increased collaboration is also relevant there. 
uh, new sources of actionable clinical data and insight is also um, very, some, uh, very related to open innovation. And, of course, Internet of Things uh, uh, that will require all of us to keep a very elastic mind. I think maybe that's, uh, that's a good closure for me. I think uh, we're entering the age of elastic thinking, and I think we should all be, um, try to be as agile and flexible in our thinking as possible. Thank you, Shakhar. And I'm noticing that your hashtag on Twitter is Elastic Innovation. So there, great predictions. Greta Roberts, Talent Analytics, two minutes on the clock. Let's hear from you, Greta. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, last year was an exciting year for uh, workforce analytics and just the workforce space in general. And what we saw is a lot of announcements last year from talent um, vendors, talent analytics vendors, about their quote-unquote new predictive analytics offerings. Um, so all kinds of workforce solutions came up with their own angle of how they included predictive in their talent solution. So vendors, I think it's such a you know hot and ripe area, vendors selling everything from, let's say, talent management software to job boards to predicting attrition to hiring software to workforce planning software, kind of the list goes on about how, you know, all of these vendors saying, ah, you know, we include predictive now um, inside of our solution. But upon kind of being pressed, um, so far, almost all, there's a couple of exceptions, have proven to be pre-announcements, pre-press releases, and a lot of vaporware. Um, in sort of a side meeting with an analyst, they described a major vendor's press release about uh, the vendor was saying they had a big data predictive workforce analytics offering, and the, uh, the analyst said to us they, it was neither. It was neither big data, and it also wasn't predictive. So that kind of leads me to my prediction um, for 2015 is that customers will say enough already <laughs> with the uh, talent uh, analytics vendors, um, and they're going to say you need this year to make predictive analytics inside of workforce software a reality in a way that delivers in two areas. One, that it's deliver delivering measurable ROI, and number two, that it's easy for um, uh, the, the users of this software to actually use it, and something that SAP talks about, kind of de democratizing uh, predictive analytics inside of software. And what's going to happen at that point is that these uh, workforce analytics vendors are going to find out that predictive is a lot more than just a new feature or function. They can't just add kind of, you know, a new user interface piece that allows you to do this interesting little thing. They'll find there's a lot of new processes, domain knowledge, and statistical thinking that are, are needed, which I think will then be an important year for workforce analytics vendors, those that can say, you know what, we really want to go into that area of complexity and add this true predictive element to their workforce solution, and those that say, you know what, this is where we bail out and kind of go to another area because it's a little more daunting. Um, so that is my prediction for 2015. Terrific. Thank you. Right on target, Greta Roberts. And let's turn to Andrea France at SAP. Andrea, you're up. Hello. Two minutes. How are let's you hear. today? Hi. Very um, well. Talk to me. There's one thing that I think is really going to make a difference. It's we're going to be looking at, people have mentioned before, 3D printing and predictive analytics. Um, I think it's going to turn to one-to-one -to -one consumer marketing for brands. And I say that because um, in predictive analytics, 
if you can get to that customer, that one customer, and predict what they're going to want to buy in the future, it's a game changer. So I really believe that predictive analytics is going to focus more on the consumer from the brand or the retailer's perspective. Um, Another thing that's happening is in brands especially, there's huge mergers and acquisitions that are starting this year. And um, uh, we had one yesterday where Coach bought um, Stuart Weitzman. Um, We're going to see a lot more of this in not only fashion, but in retail in general. Um, The other thing I wanted to talk about is, um, aside from 3D printing in fashion, which I think is going to explode, and Bonnie, you know we did a whole show on that at one point, Mm -hmm. um, I think that wearable tech is going to be a game changer this year. And there are certain announcements that came out of the Consumer Electronics Show And everyone was focusing on wearable tech, but I think what's going to happen is there's going to be a fashion element to it. So if you notice, Tori Birch just made a partnership with Fitbit, and they have a really interesting piece of jewelry that's actually a Fitbit. And yesterday I read about Swarovski making a pendant or a ring that's crystal that does the exact same thing as Fitbit. So those are my predictions, Bonnie. Wow, that's a fashionable way of looking at 2015. Thank you, Andrea. Appreciate it. Benjamin Robbins at Palador, why don't you wow us at the same? Go ahead, Benjamin. Well, I hope I can uh, do a little bit of wowing. Um, I, you know, I really think that the uh, that 2015 is going to be a year of now what, so what, and <laughs> um, and and what I mean by that, you know, and I'll, and I'll dive a little, I'll dive a little to it into it um, from the mobile angle is, you know, we, I've heard a lot, you know, in the in the previous section we were talking about productivity. Um, this this um, session, you know, we've talked about predictive analytics. We've talked about, um, you know, wearables. We've talked about, um, uh, you know, one-to-one marketing. And, and I really think a lot of that, you know, boils down to uh, you're going to start to see a lot of how do we actually put these things together? You know, we've, we've hit the basics. So if you look at mobile, right, in, in most enterprises, um, you know, you've got very contacts and, and everybody, you know, pretty much knows how to use that. And, and, and a lot of organizations are now asking, now what, so what? Right. So what what can we actually do with this? How can we increase productivity? Same thing in in marketing. Right. Um, as was mentioned, you know, one to one, one to one marketing. You know, you've got this this marketing. You've got people all carrying around all these devices. Um, that potentially they're wearable. Potentially, you know, it's it's you know just your your mobile devices. You know, now what? So what? What can we actually do with this? And I really think a lot of all these now what? So what? The answer is going to be contextual. Right. I'm going to provide contextual experiences and contextual services that makes sense from the user's perspective. So in an enterprise, from an enterprise point of view, um, think of it as, you know, you show up at a client and all of your previous notes and previous documents and stuff you've been working on is already loaded, you know, preloaded, ready to go on your phone, right? You, um, you know, contextually as a consumer, you walk into, let's say, uh, you know, I'll mention a Seattle brand here, Nordstrom's, you know, you walk into a Nordstrom's. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, again, it, it knows your, it, you know, Nordstrom's has this relationship with this ongoing relationship. You, it knows what you purchased in the past through predictive analytics and one-to-one marketing contextually, it's going to offer, uh, you know, offer you an experience and offer, um, discounts that are, that, that make sense to you. And so I really think that a lot of these, these really awesome, um, technologies that have been kind of brewing and, and, um, <clears throat> I think, uh, been getting a really solid basis put in. 
I think people are going to start asking now what, so what, and then take it to the next level through contextual experiences. Wow. Okay. Very, very interesting. You know, I, I just a, a pet beef that I haven't mentioned on the show is every time I want to explore what's on television on my cable for the evening, Cablevision here in New York expects me to put in my zip code every time and which part of their system I am using every single time I go online to expand the list of TV shows. Now, really? 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 I've been well, a customer a poor, for years. Yeah, I mean, that's a poor user experience, right? And those, and those, are, the, those are the type of people that are, are going to lose out, right? Because people will find a way around it, and a better experience will happen, and people will migrate. I sure hope so. I want to say special thank you to Shahar Larry from Demaya in Israel, Greta Roberts, Talent Analytics, Andrea France and SAP, Benjamin Robbins, Palador. Wonderful predictions. You really did wow us, the four of you. I want to wish you a happy new year. We're going to take a quick break. We're right on time. Thank you. And when we come back, we'll have our last three visionaries, BJ Bueno at Cult Branding, Jerry Brown at Ovum, and Michael P. Kanjemi at Kanjemi Company. We'll be right back. I'm Bonnie D. Graham heading for the end of our 40 vision. I promised you, and I kept my promise. We'll be right back. Brad out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com when it comes to business you'll find the experts here voice america business network you're enjoying coffee break with game changers presented by sap you can send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet your questions and comments during and after the show at Twitter, hashtag S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Now, let's get back to Coffee Break with Game Changers. Here we are, and we are wrapping up the final three visionaries in our 2015 prediction special. Woohoo! this is part three, and I promise to deliver at least 40 visionaries, and I'm going to do it. So, quick hello to our three next segment panelists, BJ Bueno at Culp Branding. How are you, BJ? I'm well, and yourself? Very well, thank you. Happy New Year. Jerry Brown at Ovum, how are you today? I'm very good, Bonnie. Uh, thanks for having me here. Delighted. And Michael P. Kenjemi, how are you, Michael? I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me back. Good. Delighted to have the three of you. Let's get started. This is basically predictions on steroids. If you've been listening, you've heard our predictions are all across the board. It's open season, whatever you want to talk about. Let me give you each two minutes on the clock, and if we have any extra time, we will chat. BJ Bueno, two minutes. Cult Branding, what do you see for 2015? Go. Well, you know, I think I've looked into my crystal ball, and one of the things that I see is the loyalty race with the advent of more information and uh, the fact that 
we now have all this data available to us, uh, it has finally emerged that loyalty is actually possible, quite difficult to do. But you have examples like Apple that they've built their software and their hardware to collaborate, and that has driven a more loyal consumer. So now that we have that data, some of that old school merchant mindset where it used to be like, no, if it, you know, the numbers, and there's no, there's a dialogue, and that dialogue is going to emerge into a loyalty race. And you see retailers like Kohl's, for example, trying to reinvent what it means to reward their customer. My second quick prediction is uh, distinct and unique uh, customer journeys. I think because of this, we're beginning to understand how everyone's journey in our retail space has to be distinct and unique. And that distinction, that ability to be different than the folks next door, is something that retailers of all sizes are going to be going after. And uh, the final thing I think I have in my crystal ball is sort of looking at customization, because I think that when you walk into the store today, a lot of the products are static and consumers are having more and more reasons to stay online. But I believe that the experience combined with the ability to actually craft the products right in the store is going to give uh, the traditional retailers a little something to keep customers coming back. So I see these three kind of working together as a way of uh, keeping us interested. And I think retail is going to have an interesting uh, rebirth in uh, 2015. I think we're going to see some really fun things. Retail will have a rebirth. That's something we could crochet on a pillow, and I think we'll have to wait and see if it comes true. I have a quick question for you, BJ. You were so concise. We have just a couple seconds left in your segment. Question is, do you see new brands emerging in terms of the loyalty? You talk about this dialogue with the customer and the distinct and unique, individualized, personalized, relevant customer journey. I think I got all the right words in there while I'm trying not to breathe. Uh, the question is, do you see any new brands emerging that will be able to hit the ground running and will do it right from the get-go? Go. Any thoughts quickly? Uh, of course, and that's the beauty of it because now that everyone has access, democratization, uh, you're seeing new brands and new categories. I know that Google is not a new brand, but to see Google as one of the top retailers, it's, it should be sort of scary. It's like, how, how did they get into that game? So I, I do think new names and new folks will be playing the game uh, quite better than has ever been played before. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. And let's turn to Jerry Brown at Ovum. Jerry, welcome again. And let's give you two and two minutes. Go ahead. Predict for me, please. Perfect. Thanks, Donnie. Good afternoon, everybody uh, from England, uh, uh, London, UK. Uh, so uh, three big predictions, um, <clears throat> three big uh, growth areas that we see for 2015. First of all, uh, digital transformation goes mainstream. Prediction two is that the conversational wave is going to replace the, digital, the current digital marketing wave. And prediction three looks at the changing role of content marketing and how it's going to align to business processes. So first of all, uh, digital, digital transformation. Uh, a lot of d talk about digital transformation, not a lot really been happening on the ground floor. A lot of small-scale trials. Uh, so we see 2015 is the year that this really changes big time. So when enterprises grasp the nettle of top-to-bottom digital transformation, looking to get a single complete customer view uh, that includes uh, in-depth customer profiles, analysis of behaviors, so that uh, and, uh, enterprises can forecast and intercept the future intentions of their customers, including customer churn and their purchase, purchasing intentions. 
So there's going to be a lot more focus uh, around uh, the, the customer journeys, as BJ mentioned, uh, particularly looking at the quality of, of customer journeys and how do you measure those. Uh, the measurement science is pretty uh, rudimentary at the moment. There's going to be a lot of change there. And enterprise is going to try to understand that customer experience a lot better and how the brand promise is really being delivered across all the touch points. Second point, the uh, conversational wave replaces the digital wave. So most enterprises and most marketing uh, directors are unhappy with the way that they currently um, uh, have their customer communications across marketing, sales, and service departments. So what we're going to see is a, ch is a step change here, moving away from the mass communications to what Oven calls the conversational wave. So that's typified by uh, visual communications, event-driven, not campaign-driven, uh, personalized content, not generic content, and a, a more adult-to-adult -to -adult tone to communications, uh, multi-channel, not single-channel, and interconnected with other enterprise communications that the customer receives. So a lot better um, uh, customer experience in terms of the ways that enterprises communicate with them. So we see, you know, a, a high growth in spend on the kind of stuff that Adobe Marketing Cloud and Oracle Marketing Cloud and, of course, SAP's uh, products in the areas, uh, in this area, um, uh, uh, play. So particularly those kind of products which integrate content marketing, marketing automation, website optimization, multi-channel communications, analytics, personalization, real-time response, they're all going to go crazy in 2015. So last Thank one on the you. list. Content will align to customer-facing business processes. Content marketing has been, you know, not that well done to date in most organizations. Very static repositories for digital assets such as digital photographs, branding material, sales collateral, you know, a lot of passive uh, um, information there stored away in, in kind of data warehousing kind of fashion. So 2015 is going to see a much more active role for content marketing. Um, so enabling marketers to capture, curate, and deliver high-quality content at scale. So these systems are going to match, uh, automatically match content to segments, personas, individual customers across the customer journey uh, so that um, customers will be uh, nurtured through using relevant content the whole way through. So what we're going to see is more flexible and mobile technologies in the content management space, optimized for channels and devices. So particularly the use of user-generated content residing on the web, it's going to be identified, repurposed, packaged into dynamic and colorful uh, content storybooks that marketeers are going to use to deliver co compelling uh, customer communications. Thank you. Thank you, Jerry. I have. Thank you very much. I've got two and a half minutes on the dot left for Michael P. Kanjemi. You own it. Michael, predict. Go ahead. Great, Bonnie. Thank you very much. As you know from uh, my prior uh, comments on your earlier shows, uh, I've been following the rapid expansion of analytics and computerized continuous monitoring. So I agree with uh, much of what has been said before. Uh, Mark Collins' uh, comment that he believes the uh, investment in analytics uh, will double. Um, I, all of the wearable technology and the Internet of Things kind of falls into the monitoring uh, space as well. So I have uh, been uh, uh, really amazed at what I see, and I have two predictions for us today. One is the rapid expansion of the use of analytics uh, and monitoring via the cloud and SaaS-based platforms. And the, the impact that we're seeing from this is really remarkable. Uh, there's a major disruption going on of ERP systems with these cloud-based solutions, uh, dramatic lowering of costs and 
um, and tremendous expansion of capabilities with products like uh, Insights on Demands with a cloud delivery and a quick uh, view of your data uh, without having a big deployment in your data center. The second uh, vision is the emergence of contextual and video analytics where we're combining data monitoring from one source with another source. Uh, if you haven't seen the CBS television show, A Person of Interest, take a look at it, and you'll think mm -hmm. you'll start seeing some examples of the capabilities of video in the future. Today, yes. in real life, two quick real life examples, uh, companies like Caseware doing combining vendor payment, uh, uh, basic vendor payment analytics with um, outside val uh, validation that the vendor is a legitimate vendor, so uh, you see contextual analytics. The other is, the big one is combining video um, and data. So the two examples, at a point of sale in a retail store, um, you might find a return transaction uh, from the POS system compared to the video, which uh, showing no customer in the store might be a fraudulent transaction. Monitoring the ATM uh, cameras, you might see one person at an ATM machine using 10 different cards for 10 different transactions. So I think the future is going to be amazing. I think Big Brother will turn into a positive for us. Uh, things like uh, what we're seeing from Federal Express and Amazon uh, are not scary Big Brother techniques, but things that bring value to the customer and the company. Thank you very much, Michael. Wonderful, the three of you. BJ Bueno, Jerry Brown, Michael P.K. and Jimmy. I have a quick close. Don't go away. Uh, I have my predictions. I predict we're going to be adding five brand new series to the SAP Game Changers radio family in 2015. We'll have a show called Digital World with Game Changers. Woohoo! Transforming your business with Game Changers, industry cloud trends with Game Changers, and then we're adding business networks with Game Changers and Meet the Women Game Changers. Aha! A lot on the plate, and we'll give you the schedule coming up soon. In two weeks on January 21st, I want you to all listen to our second annual Strategic Business Disruption Predictions featuring Tim Minahan at Ariba, an SAP company, going point and counterpoint with Jeff Kaplan of Think Strategies and Paul Greenberg at the 56 Group. Time for me to say thank you to everyone. We've had so many wonderful guests on our three-part 2015 Predictions special. I delivered 40 visionaries to you. I kept my promise. I hope you've all enjoyed it and appreciate it. And uh, take a look for blogs all over the place on SAP about what our special guests said. I want to do a shout-out and Happy New Year to our friends at Voice America World Talk Radio especially to Brad Comer, who is so great at keeping the phone lines humming while we do these predictions on speed. I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of Future of Business with Game Changers, live 10 a.m. Eastern. We're talking about Leaders 2020, how to simplify your business within your company. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, looking forward to a great year ahead here on Game Changers Radio. Fasten your seatbelt. You know what's coming. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer in 2015, starting right now. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the Coffee Break conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter, hashtag pound sign S-A-P-R-A-D-I-O. Please join your host, Bonnie D. Graham, again next Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.